0: Welcome to Terragard. A world of adventure. Battles? Come and face me of heroes. Elroy. Of battle. Ah. Of monsters. <laughs> and magic. Welcome to Terragard Tales, Season 1, The Lunar Sundering, written and narrated by D.S. Tierney. Birth of the Bonu, Part 5. Bolts of lightning tore at the far horizon as the blizzard raged on. Elna's furs snapped in the wind, a rippling sound not unlike that of a drum. The freezing wind didn't bother her as it once had, barely penetrating her skin. Kaya loped through the snow, energetic as a new pup, looking back at her with a mouth wide open and tongue lolling out. "'Where is it?' she thought to the wolf." In the bushes. Kaya's response came across as playful with a tinge of hunger. We're not here to eat it. Elna said that aloud, still unused to thinking each interaction with the wolf. Porta flinched at the sudden sound, and it amused Kaya. Two to frightened rabbits. Kaya conjured the words as a broad, smiling mouth. Stop. <sighs> Elna was close to laughing which would scare their prey. Still, it felt nice to laugh. Felt nice to be alive. The bushes shook and snow flew as a rabbit darted from beneath the scraggly limbs. Pure predatory joy flooded through Kaya. This is what she longed for after so many weeks of isolation. Elna pushed a thought of patience and control, receiving a sulky response of, Fine. Together with Borta, they flanked and penned the rabbit within a triangle, slowly closing in around the critter. The rabbit thumped its leg, kicking snow, but quieted as Kaya stood over it, lips peeled back in a snarl, mouth salivating with the hope of meat. Elna tasted that desire, hungered for raw meat dripping with blood, and felt herself descending into the wolf. Stop! Stop! she commanded, a harder word she had never spoken. The wolf sat in the snow, turning her head away, flooding Elna with disappointment. "'Pick it up, girl,' she said to Borta. The fish-and-river girl reached out and collected the rabbit in her arms, where it curled into a ball. "'Do we do it now?' "'No,' Elna said. "'We'll bring it back to camp. It will take time.' "'But Soiza and his bird—' Are different, she answered. Birds are different. Elna didn't know if that was true. The bond between Soiza and his blackbird confused her, going against what little she knew of the process. Mostly, she wanted the girl to be quiet. Something about Borda got under her skin, irritating her with every utterance. No, not her. Kaya disliked her and the constant stench of fear she radiated. It would be important to separate those impressions, to remember what was her and what was the wolf. This was still very new. Why? Kaya projected as she padded ahead, scouting their trail back to camp. We are one back. back. You're You're right, Elna sent back. The wolf sent her a smile and darted off, but never far out of sight or sense. That was their reality now. The bond they shared let her know where Kaya was, even when she wasn't in sight. But there was more to it than that. The sharing made them strong, made the wolf sentient in a way she had never been before. Kaya reveled in this newfound knowledge. Sometimes the thoughts she sent were nothing but gleeful lists of things she saw. Returning to camp was uneventful. They had not journeyed far to find the rabbit— That was the gift Elna received, senses attuned acutely to the world around her. What smelled like ice to another blossomed with smells of buried dirt, fungus, rot, and life struggling to continue. The impenetrable darkness that frightened her for so long had been washed away with a light she never knew existed. And the sounds. There were so many sounds now, each telling a tale singing a cacophonous chorus in her ears. Their camp consisted of a hastily dug hole beneath a stone shelf. Borta climbed in first, holding the rabbit as it tried to squirm free. Elna followed and lit a small fire to keep the girl warm, and then stepped back out. The cold didn't bother her, but the girl needed the warmth. Fire will draw monsters, Kaya sent, prowling the perimeter. Good. I'm hungry. Elna sent back, touching her stomach. The wolf laughed. It comforted her that Kaya was happy, made the gloom and destruction less atrocious, the sadness less weighty. A blackbird screamed and landed on the burned branch of a dead tree. It cocked its head and cried again. Kaya leapt, snapping at the air, to which the bird screamed a third time. Prattle, Elna said to the bird. Tell Soyza we leave soon. The bird bobbed its head and took wing. Is the old man watching through its eyes possible? Soiza and the blackbird bonded immediately, and it changed them both. Their bond held a tinge of darkness as black as the bird's feathers. But not in a way Elna could put her finger on. Perhaps his choice of animal hit too close to the raven-dwellers. All she knew was the old man preferred his own company more than that, and she gave him that space. Elna peeled away a handful of tree bark, and the first piece crumbled to dust. Nothing there. But she could smell the grub, even if she couldn't see it, and continued pulling bark loose until an insect was revealed. It was a fat thing, and she popped it in her mouth, swallowing it whole. A small bit of the hunger subsided, So small as to be a pebble in the ocean, Elna's smile faltered and tears burned her eyes. Distant lightning revealed a range of mountains along the horizon. Trogamore's mountain and the cave she once called home sat among them. Where exactly? She could not say. But there the dragon would remain in its exile of invisible chains. After its whispered words, when the bonding settled in, Trogamore asked her to stay. Elna ignored the request, drinking from the spring while Borta and Soiza filled empty skins. The dragon begged. Elna reached out a hand, touching the rough scales along its face, but said no. They were leaving. Trogamore jerked its great head and knocked her down. Kaia barked and growled, stepping forward to shield Elna. "'Goodbye, dragon,' she said. Trogamore retreated inside its hole, watching as the small group left, saying nothing. At the base of the sloping hill Ilna once struggled to climb, Trogamore voiced its despair, its words only an incoherent roar shaking the stone and ice loose, creating an avalanche. Great plumes of fire erupted into the night and continued to burn until the mountain disappeared from view. It was not how Elna wanted to part ways. They argued and fought, but became friends and found new ways to understand one another. Until the end. We were told we were leaving. Soyza appeared on silent feet, his movements quickened by the bond. But he also developed an odd stutter to his movements, and a neck twitch that jerked his head forward. Told? Told, yes! Don't be coy! You know what that means. Elna suspected Soiza was swapping places with the bird or sharing more of their spirit than she and Kaya did. The dragon passed along no rules or warnings before they left. How they used the bonding was completely up to them. What concerned Elna was how it had felt when she and Kaya swapped. It only happened one time, but something dark filled their hearts even after a precious few moments. Not dark. Just wrong. The way a fever was wrong. And would that fever have another effect? Was Soyza changing because of it? Elna did not know. Does Prattle know which way to go? The land is changing, but we believe we know where to go. We. Always we now. Soyza held out his arm and the blackbird landed on it, then hopped onto his shoulder. The movement of their heads synchronized. They came upon the bird after the dragon fires disappeared. A murder of blackbirds pecked at the carcass of a deer. All took flight at their approach, all but one. Kaya wanted to eat it, but it hopped over to Soiza, who picked it up and held it away from the wolf. Later he woke Elna and asked her to teach him the bonding. Beside the dying embers of a fire, she knelt beside Soiza and whispered, Kala Nuala, Mohegan, Banyu. The words the dragon said to her. What the first words meant was not for her to understand, but the last one. Soul Taken was most common, but sometimes the elders had used a different word. Banyu. What the words imparted was a magic that stitched together their spirits, interlacing them in a delicate balance. A piece of the magic inside Elna left and settled into Soiza, joining him with the bird. He named it Prattle soon after, and the slow change in personality began. A rabbit is a ill choice for a companion, Soiza remarked. What benefit does it offer our journey? "'Survival,' Kaya thought to her. "'Of all the creatures, the rabbit is the the truest survivor.'" Borta, her voice loud enough to carry over the winds. The girl sat up, the rabbit cradled in her arms. "'Bring the rabbit. We're moving. But we just got back. I'm tired and hungry. So is the pack of beasts up in the rocks.'" "'We saw no such pack,' Soiza answered." both he and the bird craning their heads. I smell them. Elna pointed toward the rocky slope. We're downwind, so they haven't noticed us, but they're there. What are they? Something new that neither she nor Kaya could recognize. Without answering, she walked in the direction that Prattle now flew. The young girl hunched over, pulling her cloak tight, not yet free from the punishment of the elements. They navigated around drifts of snow, ash, and fissures venting lava. Packs of wild beasts hunted the wasteland, and they avoided those they could, and fought those they couldn't. While the Bonded had a deeper well of energy to draw upon, Borta did not. The girl fatigued quickly and slowed their pace, a fact that did not sit well with Soyza. Day-wreckings-in-water... Kaya sent with an image of a partially frozen stream. There's a place to camp up ahead. We'll rest for a time and eat. We've oh, found food. Rattlings. The disgust the others felt was kept to themselves, but Elna could smell it on them. Still, no one voiced their disagreement. They all felt the same hunger. In all there were 6 dead rattlings frozen beside the stream huddled together in eternal embrace. Elna chopped the ice around each, yanking them loose, mostly intact. Their camp this night was a small nook between three rocks and sheltered by two snow-laden trees. Soiza struck stones together over the campfire while the girl cradled the rabbit, humming a soft tune both haunting and familiar. Yet the name and words remained elusive. Each time she came close, Soysa bashed the rocks together, breaking the melody in her concentration. Sparks flew, but still the kindling did not light. Perhaps your light god can help you," she said, laying out the six rattlings. We would expect such base mockery from someone raised on the myths of the Great Mother and her wayward son, mischievous son. And yes, they are myths. "'A pity you haven't come to the same understanding.' Soysa paused and stared at Elna, his head twitching furiously. "'Krifolos is not a myth!' "'Then where is he? "'He spends all that time leading you to the cave, but none in helping you return?' "'We cannot expect the God of Light to be with us every moment. "'He's not here to live our lives for us. "'Krifolos led us to your cave.' He gave us the tools to survive and return to canyon in stone, calling on him now would be weakness, and the light has no weakness. there's darkness, she said before the sparks caught in the fire grew, a triumphant smiles spread across his lips. No, as you see, light defeats dark. Elna grunted a laugh, but conceded the point busying herself with thawing the frozen ratlings. Prattle screamed from the branches above, showering the camp in snow as it hopped from branch to branch. Careful! Soysa shouted, focusing his attention on the meal to come. Six! He breathed in anticipation. One for each of us. Elna picked up two and tossed them to Soysa. His head jerked over to the girl and her rabbit and then back. Rabbits don't eat meat. It is still Bortas to decide if she wants it, or if it should go to another. Kaya found them, the girl said. She should get it. Elna nodded, feeling biased pride in the decision, and tossed two rattlings to the wolf. The trees shook as Prattle screamed and descended, his great black wings beating at Kaya's head while sharp talons swiped towards her food. Elna stood and shouted at the bird as it pecked at Kaya. Soyza offered no help, crouching mutely as his head bobbed. And she realized, He's in the bird right now. They've swapped. Elna stepped over the fire, slamming a right fist into Soyza's jaw. A bird-like scream flew from his mouth as he fell into the snow. Prattle ceased his attack and flew into the trees. Rubbing his jaw, Soiza rose, dark eyes glaring at her. How dare you? How dare you? she screamed back. Soiza picked up his two rattlings and stomped into the dark, the sounds of his bird following him. He scares me now. Bonding scares me. What if I change like he has? I don't believe you will, she said, which was a lie. There was no way to know if it would be the same, if she would change its soy's head. There were too many questions and no one to give answer. Elna cooked the remaining ratlings and brought one to the girl. You will need your strength. She ate, taking small bites. It shocked Elna to see the rabbit eating. The girl held a long green leaf that it chewed on. Where she came by it, Elna could not fathom. The The wastes offer many gifts, Kaya sent. When the girl finished, Elna smiled, putting a hand on her shoulder. Are you ready? The nod was quick. Okay, then. Keep hold. She recited the words as she had to Soiza, whispering them in her ear. The magic tingled across her lips as she spoke and leapt into the girl. She gasped as if simultaneously being splashed with cold water and breathing for the first time. It was done. The rabbit climbed out of her arms and sat in her lap, watching the wolf warily. He's concerned the wolf will eat him. He doesn't need to be, as long as he doesn't try to eat the wolf. Borda frowned and looked up. Bale didn't find that funny. (laughs) Bale, is it? Well, you and Bale should rest, Elna said, walking back to the fire. I'm no longer tired. You will be. Elna laid down and closed her eyes. Before long, Kaya joined her. Their pace quickened. All three ran with Borta at the lead. The girl was light on her feet, bounding over obstacles that the others struggled around, always with a smile across her face and the rabbit, tucked in the crook of her arm the euphoria of the new bond flowed through her it was hard not to become intoxicated by it a second life opened up a new perspective and above all else a companion to cut away the loneliness inside your mind Soiza remained sullen and withdrawn but he traveled with them camped beside them and used the bird to guide their path The conflict at the campfire hadn't been forgotten, but no one spoke of it. When they rested, he sat far away, the bird on his arm, whispering things to it in a language that was unlike any she had ever heard. They traveled leagues, days, weeks, sustaining themselves on water and whatever they could forage. The beasts they happened across shied away, perhaps intimidated by the strength of their pack or the magic shared between them. It was just a guess. Creatures that once attacked the cave with reckless abandon now ran, and Elna could not say why. On a dark day, with the winds roaring in their ears, Soiza brought them to a halt atop a rise of rocks and pointed at a distant glow buried within a canyon. There it is, he said, his voice raw. Elna expected him to scream like the bird at the end of each sentence, and was glad he did not. We believe we've seen changes. Best we go ahead alone. Elna did not know how much she trusted Soiza, but there seemed little to gain from his betraying them, so she nodded. We will come back for you. Elna relaxed while chewing on a piece of dried meat as Kaya sat tall, scanning the horizon. The rabbit had become more comfortable with the idea that the wolf would not eat it and hopped over to shelter itself beneath her fur. Make it go away. Be nice, Elna Elna returned. As she took another bite, the rabbit thumped a foot, an action Borta mimicked as she stared toward the canyon. Is everything all right? We should go. The girl trembled as she spoke. To the canyon. We should not stay here. We may not be able to catch up to Soiza. No, on our own. I remember where Field and Grass set their tents. We can go to them. Try as she might to find fault in the girl's timid assessment, she could not. It was the same silent itch she wrestled with every time she looked at Soiza. Come, then. The two crouched behind rocks and stunted trees as they walked, choosing their route carefully while watching the sky, in case the bird looked for them. It's stupid to think Soiza would betray us. And betray us to who? Canyon is as dangerous for him as it is for us. The wolf who charges without smelling the wind is the one who dies first. Kaya was proud of the sending and made her feel like an alpha again. True, but why are we wary of Soiza and Prattle? What's different about them? The one called Soiza devours the blackbird's soul each time he takes its body. Dragon? Trogamore? No. Kaya sent. Just our shared memory of the dragon. Speaking truth we cannot see. The truth is buried in the magic. The instructions the dragon never gave were hidden inside of them all along. It gave Elna much to think on as they approached the canyon. They smelled the sentries long before they saw them, and easily moved west, climbing over rocks and underbrush to avoid detection. Elna and the girl crawled to the edge of the canyon and looked in. Wooden logs had been erected around mud-covered huts, crisscrossing the structures to give support as the buildings grew taller. Was it like this before? The girl shook her head. What are they building? And as she asked, it occurred to Elna. This was a city. This feels wrong, Borta said as tears streamed down her face. Elna gave her a pat on the back, but nothing more. Where are my tribes in this? The girl pointed a finger to a grouping of tents below. Too far to kind, even for a two-leg, Kaya sent. As she looked for a better way down, a fight broke out in the center of the canyon. Archipelagan men dressed in shining pelts beat on others, while more ran for their huts. The men dragged away those who were beaten, pointing towards a structure in the distance. Elna's vision was keen, but an unnatural darkness hid most of the canyon from view. Stay here, the girl made no effort to argue. You too, she sent to the wolf. Kaya was less pleased about parting, but understood that a wolf in the canyon would be viewed as a predator, or worse, food. Without any other way down, Elna retraced their route, returning toward the sentries. Four men, sloppy in their duties, were easy enough to slip past. Inside the canyon, Elna walked as if she belonged, but the wrapped furs and matted hair set her apart, garnering second glances and cupped whispers. When she reached the tents, she looked up, hoping to glimpse Kaya, but the thick haze of darkness shrouded the cliffs, obscuring her view. Who are you? A field and grass man, wrapped in tribal colors and hanging skirts, stepped into her path. Elna wanted to fall on her knees, crying at the sight. I... I am... Elna? At the sound of her name, she turned, and this time, she did weep. Kessa Her oldest friend slammed into her, wrapping arms tight around her neck, squeezing. Elna returned the embrace, and together they cried. I thought you did. How? A long story, and one I should tell to whoever's in charge of our tribes. Gessa and the hunter shared a glance, and then looked around for anyone who may have overheard. The hunter pulled them behind a tent, and waited until he felt it was safe. has is senior among the old mothers. But she is not for us, Gessa added. The man nodded. Not for us. Take her to karenta the hunter said, and cleared away for them. Gessa pulled Elna along, looking over her shoulder as she did. What is happening here? Gessa didn't answer. Somewhere behind them, a metallic clang filled the air, followed by shouts. A squat tent, billowing with smoke, stood at the center of the concentric ring of tents. Gessa as much shoved Elna inside his letter. What is the meaning of this, old mother? Gessa stammered. "'This is Elna, from my tribe. She survived alone in the Wastes all this time.'" "'Ah, so it's you the king is looking for.'" "'King? Looking for me?' No sooner had Elna begun the question than four soldiers in gleaming metal pelts ripped through the tent flap, throwing Gessa aside and pinning Elna beneath them. Somewhere distant, she could feel Kaya's anger, but told her to stay away. You see I told you there was a Banu among us, Soyza said, with a grim smile on his face. Thank you for listening. Please join us next time for the conclusion to Birth of the Banyu. To remain up to date on TerraGuard Tales, please follow me on Twitter at tyranny one or go to my website at com. If you enjoyed the episode please leave a five-star rating and review. And if you would like to help support the podcast, please consider joining the Terraguard Tales Patreon page, where members can join and receive bonus Q&A episodes, as well as a bonus story episode per season. Terraguard Tales, all characters, locations, stories, and content are copyright 2019, and cannot be used or distributed without express permission.